The next train to Tangent City departs in one minute. This is an unlimited service that may stop at reviews, spoilers, and swearing. Passengers traveling with young or conservative travel companions are reminded to read the show description before embarking on any journey to Tangent City. We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Ah, oh, one last sip of champagne before he is, goes into the breach once more. Whatever, I'm going to drink a whole Where, where, where is that once more into the breach? I don't What's know. that from? It's, it's something famous, thing. isn't it? Probably. Once more into the breach. Well, they're off going to, like, fight people in the war and shit. I laugh if it's not even a, a, a war thing. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's a man it's about like to, Black like... Black Adder or something. <laughs> like, go and help a lady through labour because she's got a breech baby. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is because they have to go in there. <laughs> just shove my hand in there. Oh. Oh. They've got utensils for that now. Yeah, forceps and vacuums and um, that's yeah. a that's always a weird thing. I remember one of the girls at work had a breech baby, and she was just like, she was told to the midwife got to crawl around on her hands and knees oh, whenever gosh. she could, because apparently that oh, sort of yeah, forces yeah. a turn. It's like a gravity, yeah. thing. Ooh. Define I gravity. I was breech, but I found and it look, you're, you're fine. And I, I have a were lot you born of breech, or were you? I was born breech, and I have a lot Bum of first. um, a lot of hip. And uh, knee issues uh, and joint issues as a result, just be- uh, yeah, because of that abnormality. Abnormality. Uh, abnormality. I think it's because they so do a lot of pulling out. and a lot of oh, yeah. um, things like that. Your so the first thing mom. they did was, yeah, I have issues with yeah. my neck as well. Um, very weakened neck. Um, and one of my arms droops lower than the other oh. when I stand. It was Shakespeare. But anyway. Oh. oh, Shakespeare said that. Yeah. And what is the breach? It was from um, Henry V. Oh, Henry V. Once Henry. more into, well, it's unto the breach, dear friends, once more. Oh. And what is the breach that he is discussing? Um, Not babies? Not babies? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Silly <laughs> humility. I love um, that. Oh, yeah. No, it's a war reference. Well done, <laughs> sir. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> you win. What do I win? Um, a glass a of new champagne. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't really like our toaster, so I wouldn't mind. Oh, not I want a new toaster too. Do you know it's really hard to find a toaster that is easy to clean? And what? that sounds really weird. Mm, no, but, I understand. Yeah. You can take the, Mum the bottom bit, shake it about, but there's always little bits and pieces. And if they've got a weird groove in the top and you've mm. kind of got to get a cotton yep. bud and kind of start like – Jeez, you really go for it. Nothing well, like yeah. that happens at air. <laughs> I was at a uh, good shake. I was at a generic store the other day, and they had a beautiful little pink toaster. A generic in store. store. <laughs> I love that you say generic store because you don't want to say the brand. Can't Until say the you brand. Start advertising with us, you were generic. <laughs> a generic store, and they had a pink toaster <gasps> slash kettle set. And I was like, that is so cool. There's a teal one. Oh yes, I've well. seen the teal one. And it looks so good. I'm so tempted to get it for work because <gasps> oh. teal's our work color. You actually fit in really well with your glasses if you're ever looking for employment. <laughs> I'm pretty happy where I am currently. Gorgeous. Plus, it's only a 10-minute drive. Yeah, I know. Can you imagine having to schlep it up to Perth? Oh, no, your beloved does. Uh, yeah, I know, on the train. Wow. That's my idea of, like, the worst thing ever. Does he find that he gets a bit of a, like, a like a period of, like, preparing himself for work and that wind-down period in catching the train? I don't know. You'd have to ask him. I used to find that with my um, old job because I would drive at 35 to 40 minutes mm. and I actually found – I actually enjoyed that the because I would have, I'd have my coffee in the car, I'd have a podcast on, mm. bit of music, nice trip in. By the time I got to work, I felt yeah, prepared. Bit of the coffee buzz. Yeah. Now I'm about 15 minutes away and I get up later because I've got more time. Mm. But I feel actually more rushed, if I'm honest. False and economy. I feel, yeah, and mm. I feel like I get to work and I'm just straight into it. Whereas, yeah, so I um, I quite like the the, the time the, beforehand. The longer commute. Yeah. Have well, you thought about just like you know, driving uh, a longer way? <laughs> driving the long way. Like, just going around the long way. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, why not? Or just it's, driving around the car park for another 15 minutes once you get there. <laughs> I know. It just keeps, it seems kind of like superfluous, but I don't know. Maybe it would be helpful. <laughs> 
You miss out on like good podcasting listening time, which is what I get annoyed at. But I, I make sure I leave a little bit earlier so I sit in the car park and drink my coffee oh, while listening to a yeah, podcast. Yeah, actually that's so I'm always at work about 20 minutes early and I just kind of sit there. And people are like, why you sit in your car in the morning? It's like, why would I come into work early? Mm. When I could just sit in my car and enjoy my coffee and listen to my podcast or whatever. So that's my – but I miss out on a, on the drive home because yeah. I'm like home. And well, I was going to say you have, have to get home. Pick up the boy first and tea, yeah. dinner, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Same thing. I miss Supper. that during um, lockdown times, but then we were going on those massive walks, which kind of compensated for the listening. That oh, we, the wind down time. Yeah, as well, opposed the wind to down like time a, and also the podcast listening. <laughs> I was, I was – I had them banked up for a while mm. until we got into the walking thing, so it was good. I've had to delete some of mine because I just can't listen to everything anymore. Well, it's I, sad. Have no, you tried listening? Good. Have you tried listening to it at triple speed? Because <laughs> yeah, I know you already do it at one and a half. <laughs> no, one point two five. Thank you very much. One point two five. Although okay. recently I have increased it to two, <laughs> so I have gotten used to two. I accidentally hit it on my watch and I didn't notice, and I'm like, oh. well, this is working, so I'll just keep doing it. Double so, time. So the chipmunks mm. are telling you like a podcast. No, because their voice is still at the regular speed. Mm. It's just that they're talking a lot quicker. So this podcast with them, it's like, so, but, you, but it's not garbled. No. Because like, we've got a friend in Canada and she, I don't know whether she listens to this podcast or not, but um, she was saying that she listens to podcasts. Um, so I should say her name, Deborah, and she listens to all podcasts at double speed. Mm. I'm like, can you actually understand, Lewis? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, well, there you go. I think because naturally. Well, because <laughs> you, you. You, speak, you speak particularly quickly. I'm just fucking efficient. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> efficient. Yeah. And if, you, and if you don't if you don't understand what I'm saying, it's your problem. <laughs> face when you said that Lewis no. was like like his eyes were like he was so like offended but also I felt like a little bit of um rage and like <laughs> revenge in your eyes that was hilarious no, but, uh, it was just a genuine conversation because like your mum often says that you talk a bit too quickly yeah my mum's 75 and she's going deaf so <laughs> slow the fuck down yeah. son <laughs> My, she doesn't swear that much. Mind, mind you, I mean, the thing is, though, the thing is, back in the day, like when uh, my granddad was around and he was deaf and he had like these, um, the old fashioned beigey kind of mm. over the ear mm. um, hearing aids. Skin tone. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but his were like dark, be- dark like a dark beigey kind of color. So it was almost skin tone for him at the time. Um, but the, the, yeah, the horrible, like, yeah, when he was. The battery was going on. They start making this whining sound, mm. and it was. Uh, but yeah, so he was he was like quite deaf, and so I got used to like having to look at him and talk to him, so he could see a face and and that sort of thing. And I think if I know people are deaf, it's kind of like you do do that kind of thing. But with mum, I keep forgetting that she's going deaf, so I, I forget to do that. So I should like make sure I actually turn to her and don't just talk and uh, not look at her. So yeah, oh, I don't find you talk too fast but i think naturally people when they're doing podcasts and you're thinking of the next thing you're going to talk about or the next thing you're going to say you are generally talking a little bit slower if you're trying to think of the Mm. right word to say so when it's on double speed it doesn't seem to it just sounds like the people who are talking are really like educated and and they know exactly what they want to say when in likelihood they're just as like clueless as me (laughs) like what am i going to say next uh 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 when yeah. I was doing comedy, it was the worst thing because you go up there and there's things you want to say, mm. and you kind of like your, your head is just going a million miles an hour, and so you go really fast. and mm. And the annoying thing is, is like you could pull back, and instead of having five minutes, you've got ten. That's <laughs> so. true. Yeah. Oh, so like not time limit, but the amount of material that you've yeah, got. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's because uh, I remember but that's the experience kind of side yeah. of things kicking in. Surely, well, I saw. Uh, I saw a friend, Stephen Lee, doing comedy uh, about a month ago, and and Steve <laughs> gorgeous. and Steve's doing a, a one-hour show at Fringe, and he was going so fast, and I was just like going, "Hell, man, just slow down," because like otherwise your Fringe show will be twenty-five minutes to half an hour, and you've got to give people time to absorb the jokes as well. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Oh, he just wants to 
get on stage and off stage that day. It was a bit of a showcase. Yeah, yeah. But no, it was a... Have you got some of your old um, your old comedy stuff written down? Like any of you? Sorry. I never, I never actually oh, wrote down a lot of... Well, I do... I've got a book with some notes and stuff like that in it, but I never really did a lot of uh, like writing stuff down and, and going, I'm going to perform it like this. Because mm. uh, for me, it was more being on stage. Formulating and, bits. Yeah. Like he does with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Don't you interrupt the bit. and uh, it gets... Very pissed, yeah. like this. Don't, don't you find that you're a bit? <laughs> so no, so for me, it was more like just uh, I was constantly uh, workshopping things on stage as opposed to writing them down, and so it's kind of like remembering. Oh, that was funny. I should do that again. Mm. That was the hardest part. Mm. Oh, so. I suppose nowadays you might record yourself and work yeah. out what audience reactions mm. there were and what stuff worked, what stuff didn't. Yeah, yeah I think Different a lot of times. comedians do that these mm. days. They've got like – I know Dil, uh, Dil Rook Jai Singer did that quite a lot, had his little phone recording mm. in his pocket so oh, that yeah. he'd listen back and figure out what worked and what didn't. Yeah. You look at Arj Barker. I mean, he comes to Perth at Fringe to workshop the show he's going to do at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Because mm. it's Perth, Adelaide, Melbourne. Is that the direction that it goes? Uh, I thought it was yeah, – I don't know if Adelaide's next or not, but uh, I'm pretty sure it is because I'm thinking when we went to yeah, lockdown, it's at a warmer time. Will Anderson, okay. a lot of people got to do the Adelaide Fringe, but mm. they didn't get to do the, um, the oh, okay. Melbourne Comedy uh, Festival lockdown. Yeah, <laughs> aren't you grateful to live in WA where we had like a five minute lockdown? Yeah, Just, it yeah touch it wood. Makes that's you all it is. Think how mm. lucky we really are. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Mr. McGowan. <laughs> Love <Sorry>. you, Mark. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so, but uh, I guess we should get on to like talking about the uh, yeah. the topic what? of the show. You're calling it. I'm Ten minutes it. in, you're going to yeah. do the intro. Well, because this one's one we've uh, we've had a lot of people. No, no, no. If you're going to do the intro, you have to do the intro. Okay, welcome to Tangent City. Uh, I'm Lewis. Across from me is uh, Catherine, who's my wife and also my co-host on uh, Diz Down Under. That's a lot of qualifications. <laughs> <laughs> on my other side is my, uh, is Cecilia and Rachel, my co-hosts from Unscripted, the film show. Uh, and you are uh, as a listener to Tangent City, where we talk about stuff and then go all over the place. And we usually start all over the place as well. It's, it's strange. We try way. to pull it back in and then it just goes back out again. Yeah. Exactly. Bit of a meander. Exactly. Bit of a meander. That's right. It's a long and winding road. Bit of a tiki road. tour. Yeah. A, t- a what? Bit of a tiki tour. To a tiki tour. Yeah. Never Going on a bit of a tiki tour. Never heard that. Never heard of tiki tour. Um, no. Maybe it's a New Zealand thing. Or maybe no, no, maybe tiki tour was based on con tiki that used to do the, the ah. tours. And so maybe it's just a shortening of con tiki to tiki tour. Yeah. And so it's a, yeah. It's, it's basically tour. going the long way to somewhere. Wow. Ah. Well, that's a bit us. more scenic. Yeah. That is yep. us. Maybe that's what we should have called the show. Tiki yeah. tour. Tiki tour. <laughs> and then people are like, oh, a travel podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all these New Zealanders just going, why are these Australians talking about tikis? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But, yeah, getting back to the topic, uh, this uh, this show. Raining it in. This show uh, was, was requested by our friend Tim Little saying could you do a show on uh, lgbtqi a um because a is for asexual i think that uh, yep. as well like uh, there's a debate about the a but anyway is there <laughs> yeah because I- also allies oh allies as well oh, okay fair enough which is all good everyone uh, i did like- have a chat with uh, a couple of people last night and it i think it depends on the person and what they prefer mm. as some people say lgbt plus some mm. say lgbtqi plus mm which is what I generally say, and mm. I think it's just because I'm so used to saying it. Mm. So, But okay. when you think about it, it's all like different communities that have all been lumped into one thing. Yeah, mm. that's the thing that I kind of struggle with is mm. that it's like, can't we just like, why do people? Nah. This, well, they, they, everyone is a minority, Labels and so there's strength, in, there's yeah, strength yeah, in numbers. Yeah, strength in numbers, yeah. So it's kind of like a little union. I like that. Mm. But... It's it's it gets tricky for people that aren't up with the lingo because it's like are we doing the QIA plus are we you know people don't really know and for old people I think mm. that they find it really intimidating mm. and there's and risk of offence too because mm. you can say the wrong thing and you can get really criticised for it without mm. intentionally doing it too you know and the issues are similar but different the mm-hmm. issues that trans people face are different to the issues that a lesbian person might face mm-hmm. or an asexual person might face. But I, I understand the the um, strength in numbers sort oh, of thing. Oh, the sense of community as well. Yeah, I think that's, that's absolutely it. brilliant. But I always think about how um, the 
the trans community was really um really influential in the 70s and the 60s in New York with Stonehenge uh, Stonehenge Stonewall and and um you know their activism and the the gay community were not very supportive of them and they're the ones who are kind of trying to move things forward mm, mm. so it's it's interesting definitely interesting but anyway, we, what are you talking about? So we're, cinema. We're trying to but talk cinema about cinema and the, film and stuff on screen. Yeah, well, the, the stuff on screen and uh, just to highlight some of the, you know, uh, the, the films that are, uh, that have like, you know, penetrated, you know, popular culture and are now, you know, a part of the, the, the film lexicon. So uh, that's what we wanted to talk about uh, on, on the show today. And uh, it's, But should we preface this with the fact that, you know, it's four straight people talking about... Yeah, it's a, 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 four cisgender people mm. trying to talk about something, and we're going to do our best. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really important to preface mm. that we we don't really have. Yeah, we are four straight people, but I think um, it's a good perspective too because I personally have seen the change in representation over the years, mm-hmm. um, and I feel it is more positive. Mm. So mm. I think that there has been a um, definitely a more positive representation. I think what it does potentially, it helps people who are possibly struggling with their identity or sexuality yeah. feel more comfortable to come out because I think previously when it was negatively uh, represented, those people felt isolated and the media is so influential. If you mm. feel like those people are ostracized on TV and in film, what's that going to do to you? You're not going to want to come out. No. But I feel like nowadays, in the last five years particularly, it's so much more positive that I think people feel they have the opportunity to come out and it's going to be more well-received. Mm. So Definitely. And I know there's a lot of debate over who should play what roles, but the thing that I've found recently, and when I say recently, I'm meaning in the last couple of years, is the amount of trans people in trans roles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that particularly in TV, not really so much in film, but definitely in TV because you've got Shameless. um, Orange is the New Black. Orange is the New Black and... Oh, Supergirl had a trans character and, of course, Sabrina, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina more recently. Mm. So that's been really positive just seeing that not only are they having someone who's openly trans on the show, mm. but that they're actually being played by mm. a trans person. So, yeah. Because traditionally um, trans characters were played by men uh, if it was a trans woman and then and the negative comfort, yeah, and the negative connotations of – you look mannish, and but you look at someone like Laverne Cox, oh. uh, who's fully transitioned, and and I I literally just finished watching Disclosure. When I say literally, I was watching it right as I was walking out the door. Oh wow! So uh, it's a, like a, a an hour and a half or two hour documentary about how trans um, the transgender community has been reflected through Hollywood over time mm. and um, Laverne Cox was a executive producer and she had a lot of people on who were trans and um, it, it took me three hours to watch because I have a child and I was helping Chris take down lights and stuff so I kept having to pause it but it was so What do you mean you're on the roof and you're hot and you need some water? <laughs> what do you mean you had to off again? <laughs> Seriously, what do you mean you're hungry, child? Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, it took me a while to get through because I had a lot of interruptions, but it mm. was so enlightening. And although I already sort of knew that history-wise the trans community had been portrayed as, you know, villains or victims or the butt of a joke mm. or sex workers, um, you know, and just like deceptive and – I, I kind of knew that, but to see it on screen um, all in one go was quite a lot to take in. Mm. And then to have them, the the people who were being interviewed saying, if this is my only thing that I'm exposed to, you know, this breeds self-hatred. Mm-hmm. And then I think about I was exposed to all of that crap too. And I... I'm going to be open about something I created when I was studying. I made a, which I, you guys know privately, but I've, and I think I've talked about it a little bit before. I made an ad when I was doing media studies for um, 
Heineken light or base Han light or something. Basically, the ad was about this guy who drank too much, went home with someone he thought was a, a female, and woke up next to a male and freaked out. And it was all played for jokes mm. because that was all I was exposed to. Mm-hmm. That was just over twenty years ago, and I'm like ashamed that that's what I did because I like I played it for the joke. But that's all I was exposed to. Mm. So naturally. That's what I did because that was the done thing. And you just think of, you know, someone who was transgender or is transgender and watching all of that sort of stuff, there was nothing really positive at all for them to see on screen. So thankfully things are slowly becoming, you know, changing. Yeah, but it's it's the limit of people's experience and I'm glad that there's a lot more material coming out so people can can change and realise that, you know, just embrace people and what they want to be and who they want to be. It's good. But that you're right, though, because, I mean, when I was growing up, uh, you know, growing up Catholic, um, you didn't talk about, like, gay people and it was a very limited understanding of, uh, you know, what gay people were and all that, that sort of thing. And so to me it was um, having to you know, meet people who are gay and uh, through movies as well. Because I think the first uh, film that I really saw where there was a a gay character in it and you were dealing with uh, a person like coming out to their parents and and things like that uh, was The Some of Us um, with uh, Russell Crowe. and Jack Thompson and Jack Thompson. Oh, uh, yeah. And it was, uh, so that was, you know, because it was a, a film about a, uh, you know, a father who lost his wife and trying to get back in the dating scene and the son, like, you know, he's, you know, gay and so he wants to be, be dating men and, you know, the father coming to terms with having a, a gay son and then one of the women that he's dating doesn't like gay people. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, things in there, but because in Australia as well, it gave you that local kind of context. So, mm. uh, it was, good you know start to 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 see a film with a gay character in it but still there, there wasn't a lot of uh you know g- g- films with gay leads in 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 the film I mean, um another one which is uh, a, a big australian film is priscilla queen of the desert mm-hmm. where you had you know three drag queens who were you know going through the the desert to to put on a show i think at airs rock um Northern Territory, Darwin. Darwin, in Darwin, sorry. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, again, with that, it was good to see that uh, there there was actually a bit of representation and a bit of – you get to watch it and understand the difficulties that people go through when they're, you know, not the – what society deems as as the norm. And that was the thing. I think during the the, the 80s and the 90s – Gay people were getting a bit more exposed, and you, you're you know being able to see gay characters more. And I think now we're trying to we're starting to understand transgender a lot more. So you see a lot more transgender kind of characters. Mm. So it's a uh, yeah. As um as Cecilia said, I think we're we're becoming more accepting, more open to things. And so now we're seeing more films and TV shows where they're incorporating uh, you know characters uh, who have got different sexualities and different gender identities and, and things like that. So which is which is good. The more we get exposed to to these kind of things, the more accepting we can be. So, and also seeing the roles that that gay people have played during history as well. So you've got what was the movie um, with the during the Welsh coal miners' strike? Pride, Pride, yeah, that was fantastic. Mm. And you know, you had this group of people that you know wanted to be part of that, and I thought that was really. It was it was just interesting to watch how a piece of history, yeah, that that bit of history and that support that that a community that had been you know vilified really throughout their whole lives mm. wanted to go out and support the Welsh coal mi- coal miners mm. and and it kind of surprises me that that was so quickly forgotten, but then it doesn't surprise me mm. in mm. Britain, but <laughs> oh Britain, you've got so much to answer for sometimes, <laughs> but. Yeah, it's good, and it's nice to see that that happened. I mean, that was based on a true story, so I think that there should be more of those stories, if the more of that that we can see that gay is not a new thing. Like, you know, people have been gay for as long as there's been people. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that the more of that that we see, I think the better too. 
The first uh, film I saw with um, gay characters was uh, But I'm a Cheerleader. I don't know if any of you guys have seen no. it, but it's Natasha Leon and uh, Claire Duvall, uh, both um, lesbian people playing lesbian characters. Uh, and I think it was the late 90s that it came out from memory. But um, Natasha Leon's character, whose name I forget because it was a long time that I saw it, her parents feel like she's a cheerleader, but her parents feel like she's possibly a lesbian so they sent her to a conversion camp oh. and along it's a it's a comedy um and so all of these lesbians are put in the same room and all the gay people are put in the same room not a great idea <laughs> when you think about it um and clear clear's character and her character um you know, fall in love basically. So, and so that was my first, and, and the scenes are not played like sometimes in that era. Um, it's very hard to find lesbian characters in movies anyway. Um, generally speaking, I feel like I see a lot more ga- uh, portrayals of gay men as opposed to gay women. So, um, and it's portrayed as like a loving relationship and not, you know, there's nothing weird about it, whereas sometimes you watch like those movies from the 90s and a gay character, if it's a gay male, they're always playing the stereotypical best friend. Like, like the Will and Grace portrayal. Yeah, I always had an issue with Will and Grace. I yeah. was never really happy with that show and I couldn't understand why it was so popular. Um, like his only real, like the only purpose is to be somebody's friend as opposed to a realised person yourself. Um but to be fair, I didn't watch the whole series, so I don't. I'm only yeah, I think it was, it was a little bit more complicated pieces. than that. But yeah. I'm just meaning the portrayal, like the characters in mm. general. Like you had Jack, that was just so over the top, and it was just like it just <clears throat> fed into stereotypes. Mm. But then you look at '90s sitcoms, and everyone fell into a stereotype. Mm. You know, you had Joey, who was the you know, the stereotypical mm-hmm. Italian living in New York, and so I don't know. Maybe I'm off saying it but it just felt like it wasn't helpful no yeah and I think that's that's the importance of media as well people see what they see on tv and then automatically they make an assumption and that's where stereotypes are kind of born mm-hmm. but um but I, I guess speaking of um Clea Duvall um Happier Season yes such a um a success that was the Christmas film release not long ago starring um uh, Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis and that was kind of the first major Christmas film I think featuring uh, two two lesbian characters and I thought this was a great representation of two people who didn't necessarily feed into any particular stereotypes mm. they didn't um, you know dress or sound the way that typically they've been represented Mm. Um, and I felt like it was a really you know there were parts of this film it is a comedy and there were parts of this film where people didn't accept them for who they were but by Mm. the end of the film the message really was about um, being your authentic self and acceptance and and things like that and standing up for uh, who you believe you are and you know Mackenzie Davis character was very reluctant to tell her parents and her family because of the family she come from they were quite a conservative family and then you know poor Kristen Stewart's character was you know being just portrayed as the best friend and then eventually it kind of all comes out and it's such an interesting story but I think that you know that's such a right move to have this film and it's a you know a positive message but also a light-hearted film so yeah I mean there were problematic issues yes. in that film as well mm-hmm. uh, but I think it's hard to to make any film without problems I think the reason I respect this film is that Clear Devel is obviously part of that community yep. so I think that if it was someone who wasn't part of that community yeah I would have a problem with this film yeah more so but because I think she has um the right to voice I guess because she's part of that community. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because there's, there's certainly a lot of films that have had um, gay characters where they haven't consulted the community or there's people behind the scenes that have got no experience. Um, my my friend Nick put me onto a, a YouTube channel last night called Drunk Lesbians and they review um, movies with lesbian characters. So I watched one um where they're watching something called Jenny's Wedding and the lesbian couple is, um, I want to say Alexis 
Wendell or something. She was in Gilmore Girls and had Maiden's Tale and Catherine Heigl. And they had zero chemistry mm-hmm. and it was kind of offensive how offended her family was and it just, yeah. But I, I just want to, if you're interested in reviews of um, – you know, movies featuring lesbian couples um, or characters, drunk lesbians on YouTube, you will go th- down a rabbit hole because I spent uh, – like the episodes are, are like – they short? Yeah. Yeah, for about 14 minutes long mm-hmm. um, and I watched a lot of them last night. They mm-hmm. even covered um, the episode where Ellen comes out. So they, they did a two-parter on that one. Um, so that was cool kind of reliving that. Elliot. Ellen. 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 Oh, yeah. As, okay. as an Ellen Ellen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was very funny. <laughs> so if you've got some time, go have a look at that. And there's a TV show called Winona Earp. Earp? Yeah. Yeah, that a lot of people are talking about. So I, I've meant to watch it because it does look really interesting because it's like the um, – is it the daughter of Wyatt or it's something? It's like the great, great, great granddaughter oh. of Wyatt Earp and she comes back to the town um she's like 27 and she comes back and she it's it's very Buffy-ish mm-hmm. she's a um a police officer but she's also fighting demons oh. and then she gets into a, a healthy lesbian relationship and there's n- like my my friends who are lesbians are just saying it's it's the first time they've seen a really good representation of a lesbian relationship so, because um, that's what yeah. I've been struggling with recently is the portrayal of relationships in movies when they're gay, and in that it seems to be focused around the sex. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's so many straight romances that you don't necessarily have a sex scene. Yeah, like, and that's fine. But the movie that we saw yesterday and Blue is the Warmest Color, it just seemed to be so heavily based around the sex. And it just seemed to, I don't know, detract from the relationship relationship story. Yeah, I, I guess so. They're, they're Mind you, those two movies both directed by men. <laughs> but- oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Because there is something to be said about the male gaze with with lesbians and, and over-sexualizing. Um, yeah, anyway, won't go there. Okay. You know what I mean? Cryptic. Like, uh, <laughs> You know, two females on screen kissing really only there for the male gaze as opposed to um, – Oh, the male gaze is in G-A-Z-E. I'm like, mm. thought you meant the male gaze. I'm like – Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I explained it then. No, no, no. Because, just- <laughs> you know, there's a lot of scenes in movies where the guys want to see two girls make out, whether it's um, a lesbian couple or just two chicks mm. who are straight – and yeah, it's it's something that has happened a lot, and it seems to be something that males like to to try to get happening. Lovely. Um, anyway, but yeah, no, it's just that I kind of struggle with it because I think that blue is the warmest color is such a great like the material that it mm. comes from. It was a it was a comic, comic wasn't mm-hmm. it? And reading that afterwards, it was su- such a heartbreaking but wonderful story. And it's such a great title, really, because it is, it's so sad, but it's so, that's got so much heart to it. And the movie itself just seemed to be so, it captured the, the, the heart and the soul of it. But then the sex scenes seemed to detract from the story. Like, it wasn't like it was those characters having sex. It was just like a really full on sex scene that maybe didn't, went on for too long. Don't you think, Lou? I honestly cannot remember it. You can't remember I, it? I remember the movie, but I can't remember. I remember you really liking it. Yeah. I know that mm. Kevin Smith really liked mm. it. Mm. But there is also the element of like this is never shown on, on film. You're often seeing – like you think of a movie like Basic Instinct mm-hmm. where there's some really full-on sex scenes or nine and a half weeks. Why can't there be films with really full-on um, sex scenes between, you know – people of the same sex oh yeah and but as long as it doesn't detract from the story yeah because that's the thing that i find is that usually the sex is in straight movies Mm -hmm. is usually within context and it feels like it's the characters aren't so i don't know sometimes i find sex scenes in movies are almost irrelevant hmm 
I don't I mean, think it progresses the plot much. You can you most, can tell a story without them most of the time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, unless the unless the film really is dealing with issues. I don't know that necessarily sex scenes always progress a story. I think sometimes sex scenes are in there because it's sexy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it it's a case by case basis, definitely. Yeah. But just... I I've not seen any of the either of the movies that you're referring to, so mm. I can't actually pass comment. Yeah. Um. The other movie was called Ammonite. Ammonite. Yeah. Yes. Which I mean, I I thought it was an interesting movie because um I was discussing it earlier. We haven't spoken about it on here yet, have we? No. Um. I found it really interesting because it was amazingly slow in terms of what was happening. There wasn't a lot happening and there wasn't a lot of character development even. But you watch this relationship blossom between Kate Winslet, so I can't remember her name was, Mary something, mm. and um, and Saoirse Ronan's character. I can't even think what her name was. <laughs> I only remember Mary Anning, which was Mary Kate Anning, because I know because I was like going, huh, um, Manning. Saoirse Ronan, <laughs> I don't even know if her name gets mentioned that much. No, not her first name because um, it's Mrs. Mrs. Murchison. Yeah. Because there's a big age difference. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Can you comment on that at all? Well, no, no, but there's a character. Can we talk about it openly, can't we? I, I mean, so. spoiler we, bell. Spoiler bell, ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, yeah. Um, so there's later on in the movie there's uh, a point where there's another character that Kate Winslet has had a previous relationship with and she's quite a bit older than Kate. Oh, okay. Well, not Kate, Mary. Um, <laughs> Mary, Kate and Ashley. Um, <laughs> oh, no, they weren't three people. Hang on. <laughs> anyway, so um, – the older woman, so there's that whole thing of like maybe age doesn't matter kind of mm. thing. But Kate, I mean, she just plays this character so well, like that whole – because you imagine that you do become quite – in those times, you would have become quite hard and quite um, insular about – and to protect yourself. When was it set? Uh, I want to say the – 1900s or something? Early they 1900s. Had, they had the- pencils. Because I remember Kate Winslet was writing with a pencil, not a um, yeah, quill. Quill. So that would have been. I reckon 1912. I'm going with yeah, that. Yeah, like I'm basing early. that only on the costumes and thinking, hmm, Titanic costumes were similar to those costumes. Well, travel was still carriage and oh, yeah. boat. Oh, okay. It and was, they, wasn't it? And they had. Uh, they'd. They, they were aware of dinosaurs. I feel like we so could Google it. They weren't dinosaurs. Yeah, I, no, they, I, want, they, they I, I wondered whether it was oh, like that's Victorian. Oh, right. Yeah. They were aware of dinosaurs. So yeah. it's got to be like the late 1800s, early 1900s. Yeah, yeah I wondered whether be. it was Victorian times because of that whole thing of like the London set being into fossils at that mm. time. Yes, yeah. And, and the British Museum was there. I don't yeah, know when that true. was started. Interesting. Eighteen 1840s. 1840s. Yeah. That's. A, I thought it was because when I was Victorian was still writing with quills then, or was that 1840s England claimed but overlooked fossil hunter Mary Anning and a young woman set she can do to this all convalesce day. <laughs> by the sea develop an intense relationship, altering both their lives forever. So interesting. Which is hilarious because Kate Winslet speaks like the Vicar of Dibley yeah. for most of it. Do you know what, though? <laughs> this film is so reminiscent of um, a portrait of a lady on fire. Like, oh. that, that to me, when I was watching this film, that is what it reminded me of. I've not seen the it. The entire time. I want to see that. The, I don't know. The, the interesting thing about the film is that you've got two lesbian characters or non-heterosexual characters, but they're both not in real life. How do we feel about that? Is that okay? So, because there's such a big debate about that, isn't well, there? My take on it is when it comes to like playing sexuality, mm. I feel a little bit different about the trans thing. So, when it comes to just portraying sexuality, I think that anyone should be able to play any role. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like when they do blind casting with stuff mm. as well. Um, there was a we saw a um, African American portrayal of Anna in in Disney ones, and she was just great. Mm. She was mm. probably actually the best portrayal I've ever seen on a um a stage version. I think that when it comes to playing how a person might identify in terms of their sexuality, I think that 
it shouldn't matter as long as it's informed. Because it would, like, if you were to only cast based on sexuality, it would kind of pigeonhole all the mm-hmm. gay and lesbian actors. Mm-hmm. So yeah. to only gay and lesbian. I, I agree. Board. I yeah. think there should be consultation, though, mm. at least in in well, getting I, things right. Do you think, though? Yeah, no, no, yeah. I agree I with that, and that's why I think it story wise, yes. informed. Oh, definitely. But yeah. I think that most actors seem to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I, anyway, but when it comes to acting, that acting and so you know you can't get a serial killer to play a serial oh, killer. oh i That'd agree really like awkward. lewis is exactly right with the whole pigeonhole yeah. aspect i just wondered how you guys felt about it because yeah. um i've done a little bit of reading about this and there seems to be debate over yeah. it but um and there should be debate because oh yeah I think healthy kind yeah. of discourse really isn't it though but yeah no interesting mm. um but that's how i feel about it but trans roles i feel different about same mm. as like i mean any kind of things where you can have someone who is a particular thing playing that role as opposed to, you know, like people getting digitally altered mm. so they can play um, little people mm. or, you know, that kind of thing. You sort of think, well, could we not get someone, if there is someone available that can do that, yes. then why wouldn't we get them to do it? Mm. It's because it's interesting. Like whenever they they do a uh, a movie in a particular country, and it ends up being that everyone is just in English mm. and and those kind of things. It would be interesting to see if moving forward we'll see that change, and you'll actually see the people of that ethnicity uh, playing those roles. It's definitely getting better. I think. It's definitely changing mm. slowly. Um, we yeah. had some views as well. Was it? Um, I can't remember which movie it was. Was it Mary Queen of Scots, where some of the people mm. in the court were? Um, there was a Asian Asian lady. Mm. There was an African American, or she might be an African British. Um, like it, it just felt like it wasn't quite what it would be at that time. And it was that whole blind casting mm. thing, which is fabulous, but. Um, there was a lot of debate about that well, as well. I think, like, it's fine doing that, but I think you do need to, like, put a, a statement at the beginning of the film saying that, you, you know, people <coughs> – sorry, people in the film uh, may not be representative of the people at the time because mm, yeah. otherwise people will go, oh, well, what, what are you know, black people complaining about? They've been in positions of high power since the 1700s. You know, so it's just a film. This is this has come up recently with is, – is it called Brighton? Mm. Oh, Bridgerton. Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. So this is a Netflix series. Oh, yeah, the one that we decided that we were going to avoid. <laughs> so there's, um, yeah, duchesses and people in very high power mm. who are black and this is a sort of thing where it's good to do blind casting because you don't want to just keep whitewashing everything and only seeing white faces. Mm-hmm. But it's where, like Lewis said, it would be good to have a disclaimer at the start saying, um, you know, black people were never in this position at this time be aware mm, mm. um but yeah we, in regards to like a, a gay person playing a gay person it's i initially thought it would be a good idea mm-hmm. to do that but now i'm kind of thinking well sexuality is fluid and it's all a you know everyone's on a spectrum and why why do we need to pigeonhole someone and say because you're gay this is all you mm-hmm, can play mm, mm. so it doesn't make sense and also to define someone by their sexuality yeah. like mm-hmm. you're not just you're not an actor you're just a gay actor mm. so it's it feels not right but like cat said with the transgender thing I am very much for if you're transgender that is who should be playing a transgender role mm. because the whole problem with previous representation was that you had males playing trans women mm. so they they don't look quite female whereas if someone's transitioned they look female mm-hmm. that is who they are mm. so that's who should be playing Mm. but i mean one day we might get to a point where we're not having these conversations where not everyone needs a label oh right i mean that's kind of where i'm at with a lot of things because everyone likes to speculate over whether someone's gay or not who cares unless you're shagging them or you have an interest in like proposing that you're going to shag them then why do you care 
whether a person's gay or straight, what does it actually matter to you? Like they should just be the person and they might be a nice person. They might not be a not, not nice person. And, what and they you'll do have a friendship. And what they've got between mm, their legs. Yeah, like, exactly. Like what does it matter unless you want to, you know, be involved with that side exactly. of them? I, um, I watched Boy Erased for the first time <sighs> not long ago. And what a heart-wrenching film that was. Yeah, ouch. Um really difficult to watch to see someone who has to go to a conversion camp to yeah. to change who they are and oh, that but, culture is just so yeah. weird that christian thing where they think that they can just fix people right yes. away yeah that was um Ugh. very well acted though wasn't it lucas hedges once oh, again when is he gonna when get is an he oscar gonna, i'm gonna start a hashtag give lucas hedges an oscar please people but um Speaking of the transgender thing, I did see a film back in, I think it was 2012, called Any Day Now, starring Alan Cummings, who is a gay man, but he does, for work, he does dress up as a female. That's his work. Oh, yeah. But um, the, the premise of the film is, I can't remember when it was set, but he and his boyfriend at the time adopt a, or want to adopt a child with Down syndrome because the mother can't look after the child. Mm. But... Due to their sexuality, the courts are very reluctant to let them be parents of this. It's quite a heartbreaking film mm. and one of those films which uh, looks at the way that the courts um, and the legal system looked or viewed people who didn't identify as heterosexual. So I think that these two particular – I can't – is it Garrett Diller? I think he was – Dilla Hunt was the other actor in this film. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Mm. And, and they're such a loving couple to this child, but the courts just don't look past their sexuality. It's so weird, right? Um, it's interesting because yeah. with um, – oh, it's probably getting completely off topic, but um, – That's not like us at all. Because <laughs> surrogacy is not um, legal in Western Australia, is it? No. Oh, I think it is. It costs a lot of money oh. because I had a friend who looked into it, her sister doing it for her. And oh. there's a lot of legal costs involved with it. I thought this was a few the, years ago. I didn't though. think it was right, legal because okay. uh, I was having a yeah. I think it's, it, it's legal in other states, maybe. Oh, okay. um, I'm only going off what a recent conversation was, yeah. but um, and so a gay friend of mine was saying that it's kind of easier to be a lesbian couple if you want to have a family because you know there's ways that you can you know you can just go to a sperm donation a yeah. clinic mm. thing or whatever it is and you can you can have a baby but for two men in a loving relationship to have a baby it's now impossible because adoption's so rare in Australia mm. and it's difficult to, you know, get onto the lists and I think Costly it's a lot. as well. Yeah, and the timeline mm. and everything like that. And then surrogacy is not an option in Western Australia either, so. It seems crazy. Um, mm. I know. Especially when there's people that are willing to do it for uh -huh. a, a loving couple. It's just like, Ugh. And Deborah Lee Finesse is trying her best to, to do a lot of work on this um, to try mm. to get it so that people – do have those things more available to them. Nice. I was watching a video of a senator. I don't know what his name is. This is in America. Mm. Um, he's got three kids with his husband. They've been together for 23 years. Mm. And they had a, an adoption agency who would contact them. Um, so they had their first adoption with a, a, a black boy who was – he couldn't get fostered out basically because he was a young black boy. Oh, um, what? But uh, yeah, so but then they had another child who was up for adoption who wasn't getting adopted out for whatever reason. I can't remember what it was. But often you've got gay couples who are adopting the less desirable adoptions because those children have been othered and they've been othered. Mm -hmm. They're probably going to get um, so the they best upbringing. Exactly. So um, there's a – I don't know how recent this is. I think sometime last year – there were new laws getting looked at to avoid um, – so if it was a Christian-based um, adoption agency, they weren't allowed to – they were going to be like, no, we're not adopting to gay couples. And then you end up with a whole bunch of kids who are stuck in the foster system because no one wants them mm. when you've got perfectly loving families who want to take them but they are struck off the list because of their sexuality or whatever. Mm. So – yeah, but anyway. Off, Tough. Off anyway, so off topic. I, I did see a movie last year called Monsoon. Um, it wasn't a fantastic movie, but what I liked about it was that the story wasn't about coming out. It just showed a couple of guys um, 
and it didn't talk about how they came out or what that their relationship was with coming out. It just showed them like going out on dates and, and being together. Oh, yeah. And I appreciated the storyline having absolutely nothing to do with their sexuality. Mm. It was about a different subject altogether and they just happened to be gay mm. men. Fantastic. So I enjoyed that because I, I see a lot of films where the storyline is about coming out and I understand that's a big element of the community. Um, but, yeah, it was just nice to see something that wasn't just looking at that. And we can't what not was- talk. Sorry. Monsoon. No, 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 no. I was going to say, what was the movie with um, Alan Page and was it Charlie's Theron? Um, the one where the the fire, she was a firefighter and it was to do with them. Monster. Was it? Not, no, not no, Monster. It, it was um, to do with, I think she was a firefighter or a policewoman. Um, I think, I'm sure it was um, oh, Charlie's yeah, Theron. Yeah. And they had to go through that court case. And Elliot because, Page. Um, yeah, sorry. And Elliot Page because- they were in a relationship and they were recognized as being in a bona fide mm. um, relationship. But with, um, I'm sure it was Charlie's Theron, she was dying and, oh. um, and so Elliot's sure character wouldn't be recognized. Um, Julianne Moore? Oh, oh, do you know what? I think it could be. Maybe. Um, I just remember it being someone a little bit older. Um, I know what film you're talking about yeah, and I feel like it was Julianne Moore. Okay. I, I just I, – I'm stuffed if I can remember what it was. And that was quite good because while it sort of showed the, the struggles that they went through as a, mm. as a couple – it wasn't necessarily built around that whole coming out and everything like that. It was more based free around held. free held. Yeah, thank you. Um, and it was Julianne Moore. What remembered? What I think it was Charlie's Theron. I don't know. But mm. another film that's similar again with Julianne Moore is The Kids Are All Right. Mm. Oh, yeah. I loved that film. So you just had this family, uh, Julianne Moore and um, oh shit, I can't remember who her wife was. Um, I want to say. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you want to say? I have her face in my head, and I can't remember her name. But basically, um, they're in a relationship. They've got two teenage kids. Mm. Um, each of them have have birthed um, one child each, and then there's Mark Ruffalo, who's on the sidelines, who's tech, who's like the the sperm donor, basically. But they're friends with them, and then. Julianne Moore has a bit of an affair with him. Um, oh, my God. What is the lady's name? It's so annoying. Are you looking what for What year it? is it? The kids are all right. Yeah, it was recently, wasn't it? Oh, no. It was like early 2000s. Oh, was um, it? Yeah. Just have a look at Mark Ruffalo or Julianne Moore's thing. That's what thing. I'm just oh, yeah, doing. Okay. Give me Come time, on, man. woman. Give me time. It is um, becoming more and more common, though. I'll just be watching films and there'll be a um, same-sex couple, but it's not even like – They don't talk about it. They don't talk about it. It's just actually accepted, which is great. Mm. And I can't – I mean, I can't recall any because I've seen so many recently where it's just the norm, but I'll just be in my head. I'm like, yeah, that's how it should be, you know, just mm. like, you know, it doesn't have to be – I think under a microscope. We're working our way towards that. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm thinking of TV series like Schitt's Creek. Annette Benning. Annette Benning. Annette Benning. Thank you very much. Um, So with Schitt's Creek, um, David and Patrick are in a relationship and they don't really focus on, nobody has any questions or there's no coming out stories. You just see their relationship Mm -hmm. unfold. And it's one of the most beautiful relationships that I've seen portrayed on screen for a really long time you've got um gay characters in sex education Mm -hmm. where that is also not really an issue Mm. it's just the person happens to be gay Mm. um although they do they do get uh bullied because of being gay oh yeah Yeah. there is that sort of stuff that yeah and i'm glad that they're actually doing some material around the whole getting bullied because of your sexuality because um, it kind of brings it all to the fore. And when you saw movies like, oh, what was the recent one? Um, love, Simon. Mm. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. It wasn't it lovely. I love that movie. And you, you, it gives people a bit of an insight as to why you're a dick when you do that to someone. Mm. And if it stops someone from doing it, I think that that's really powerful. Yeah. Mm. 
I, I made the mistake of watching Love, Simon on a plane. Oh, no. Never watch <laughs> emotional episodes. I didn't realize it episode, was going to be so emotional. Oh. And I was like bawling my eyes out by the end. I'm like, oh, there's just something about us. <laughs> I, I just cry now on planes. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I've stopped caring. I remember I was flying. Oh, I can't remember where I was flying. Somewhere for work. And it I, was a long time ago. Yeah, it was a long, long time ago. <laughs> and... And in the before four times. <laughs> and I had my iPad and I thought, oh, I haven't watched Hunger Games in a while. I'll crack that open. And I cracked it open and I was like, I'm at altitude. I'm just sitting there with streams of tears. And it was crying? only getting the beginning. Oh, like they're, they're only like just oh, calling you. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like <laughs> and my boss was sat next to me and she's like going, dude, what's wrong? I'm like, it's not good. I'm, so, I'm gonna stop watching because I should watch this in altitude. <laughs> oh my gosh! The worst. Oh, Sorry. Should we run through some uh, some movies uh, that? Uh, admittedly, I am using the Rotten Tomatoes uh, top 100. Uh, oh, top 200. So top 200 films. Let's uh, go through them all then. No, 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 no. let's not. not what, what, but, what are you proposing I before point, we get embark on this? Can we buy your name? I, I wanted to point. Oh. Out. That's the most heartbreaking. Sorry, sorry. Um, Booksmart, I liked because it was a uh, you had a lesbian character who. <laughs> sorry, I was just going to say, what character is gay in that? And then I remembered it was her, and because it was such a non-subject. Yeah. Um, so anyway, keep yeah. going. But that's the thing. So she's she's you know gay, but she hasn't had like relations with anyone. Mm. But you know, she yeah, knows with her toy she, panda. Yeah, but she knows who. <laughs> She knows who she is. So it's th- those are the kind of characters you want to be looking for in, in these kind of films. Uh, Call Me By Your Name, which uh, I haven't seen it myself. But oh, my god, The most depressing, realistic look at heartbreak I have ever seen uh-huh. in my life. Yeah. If you don't ball your eyes out at the end of that, mm. you're not, you've got no soul at all. Oh. Um, what else have we got that's – done it right well this uh, the favorite uh is, is another oh. one which is going into a, a period piece uh and with this one it's a uh, queen is it queen mary what's which queen was it oh i'm not sure she queen georgina i don't know i'm just making the queen sh- of the time <laughs> queen amanda <laughs> <laughs> But that whole idea, because, I mean, that's the thing that strikes me with these movies when it's about these royal courts, that Mm. they're so hoity-toity, and yet there's a degree of sexual freedom and – well, I was just going to go sexual freedom, but you can call it debauchery – that goes on that is quite surprising, and you wonder – I mean, it was kind of expected of men – but it was quite Queen wonderful. Anne. Queen seeing, Anne. Thank you. I knew it started with an A. It, it was quite wonderful seeing a, a a female royal behaving like this because she had she was in the position of power yeah. and she could. And not saying it's right necessarily, but um, that was quite um, quite good. That That's movie. like that auntie in the um, in the great. She's like having it off. Oh again. yeah, oh, yeah. She's very sexually liberated. Good on her, you know. I loved her oh, expressing her. Was, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got so many listed. Here. I know. There's like Carol with Kate Blanchett mm. and um, oh, mm. what's her name? <sighs> Rooney Mara. Oh. <laughs> it took me a while to think of that film. Rocket Man. Rocket Man. There's a very sexy sex scene in that. Dallas there Buyers is. Club. And just like that, that shows like the struggles a little bit more because, you know, you had such a bad relationship. It was a, mm. an abusive relationship and mm. seeing that portrayed yeah. was, you know, just. God, that guy was a dick. I know, right? Seriously. Mm. Uh, the imitation game, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Um, what a heartbreaker. That, uh, that story was. The just- movie, not Benedict. Yeah. <laughs> The, oh, he's a lovely man. Yes. Yeah, the, 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 the movie, Penguins. Yeah. <laughs> the, the movie was amazing, like uh, just seeing Alan Turing, who's a guy who helped us, you know, help the uh, Allies win the World War, Second World War, and uh, he was treated like absolute shit. Mm. Uh, and it's just like because of his sexuality, he was like treated in a manner that no one should be, be put upon. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a fantastic film, and Benedict Cumberbatch does an absolutely brilliant job in this film. So that's Kira Knightley, actually. She's very good mm. as well. Yes. Um, do you remember Short Bus? Yes. That's what I was literally bringing it up to find out what year it was. <laughs> yeah, what year is it? Um, I believe it was 2006. Because that was pretty revolutionary. And I remember watching it for the for first time. I was like, wow, I shouldn't be watching this. At 10 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. 
Oh. Did you watch it for the... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm was... sitting in a porno with 50 other people. Now, am I correct in thinking that it did have real sex, but they, they just filmed it in an R-rated way? Was, I'm pretty sure it did have real sex. It was real sex, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just know there was a gay couple in there. Oh, just like that. And they were the, they were the most endearing couple the of all The scene where they do the national anthem. I still remember that. Yes, yeah. Star- <laughs> well, that is the national yeah, anthem yeah. for America. Well, I can't remember that scene. You'll have can't to refresh you? my memory. Well, there's, there's a, like he sings it into someone's asshole. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I just out of out it was of all lovely. The, it was of, just so that that particular, that particular scene, like scene three was men have had a threesome, and three three men have had a threesome because <laughs> three men and a threesome. Um. But just the fact that they've just – and they're just mucking around and it's just there's something really sweet about it. Mm. It's beautiful. I loved it. That uh, that film, of all of the relationships that were depicted in mm. that, the gay relationship was the one I related to the most mm. only because it seemed the, ro- the most natural. They had the best chemistry. Um, yeah. Oh, there you go. What's the film called? Short Bus. Short Bus. Short bus. Um, we do have it on DVD if you want to borrow it. Um, 52 Tuesdays. I think oh, you yeah. watched this with me. Yes. So this was um, a film about a, a young woman who went to live with her um, her mum who was transitioning mm-hmm. uh, to be a trans man and it took place over the space of a year mm-hmm. uh, and she visited every Tuesday. Oh. I just appreciated that showing the transition and – the transformation yeah, as well yeah. was so fascinating, wasn't it? And Great the ups Australian and film. and the ups and downs as yeah. well, and the um, emotional side and and kind of mental impact too was mm-hmm. very um, very interesting. Hmm. So uh, another one which is quite kind of cool is uh, Milk with uh, Sean Penn, uh, where he plays Harvey Milk, who was the uh, the first openly gay man elected to the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, mm. um, which is in 1977, which is mm. pretty revolutionary when you think about it. Uh, and yeah, it was just an amazing film. So it was yeah. a great mm. movie, and it actually shows um, that real sense of unity again, like they did in Pride. Um, that that sense of organizing people and what you can achieve through organizing people towards mm. a common goal, and that was just it was beautiful watching just everyone getting activated mm. and and going and getting this bloke elected and creating history. Yeah. It just it gives me goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some uh, uh, films uh, with gay culture where you, you're dealing with the AIDS epidemic because that was a massive mm-hmm. uh, thing that was just a little plague uh, on on the gay community. Uh, and <laughs> it's a plague on the whole community. Well, the whole community. But I mean, it did did uh, disproportionately affect affect yeah, the gay correct. community. Um, the uh, Dallas Buyers Club is an interesting one where uh, it's about um, AIDS medication and like because in America it's just prohibitively expensive uh, to do a lot of medical things mm. um, including getting your, your medication to make sure you don't die of, mm. uh, of- anti Virals? Mm, mm. No, that's not the word, it's, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's a medication for if you've got um, HIV and you don't want it to become full-blown AIDS. Um, and this is uh, them getting the, the uh, I think, getting it from Mexico and bringing it into America mm. and then making it affordable for people to be able to get their meds, mm. which is a very noble thing. Uh, and so there's a few films like uh, that deal with um, uh, the AIDS epidemic as well, like Philadelphia with uh, Tom Hanks is another one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it does, th- there is that theme in a, a few, quite a few of the, uh, the films. Dallas Buyers Club is slightly problematic, though, because you've got the character of Rayon, it's almost like she's there to to educate his character and then he becomes the hero mm. of, of of the gay community mm. and Rayon does the general like thing that gets portrayed with a trans character um, they become the almost the villain by having a drug addiction and then dying at the end mm. so I mean it, that character never existed in real life. But, yeah, yeah, it's hard to get a film that's not got problematic issues. That's true. And, uh, yeah, I'm Holding the Man is an Australian film. Which oh, okay. Which um, HIV. I remember crying like a baby in this film, but 2015. Was, okay. Yeah, this one. Mm. I can't quite recall um, exactly. It's got, it stars Ryan Kaur. I remember seeing it at Luna. 
um, on a Saturday and just, yeah, being really emotionally impacted by it. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a rough time to watch movies because you can – it can either make your day or it can it can it, be a bit yeah, of a rough one it emotionally. Can, mm. It can. But um, I suppose that's the intention behind some films is to make you feel and mm. – um, you know, that's that's a good thing too. Do you think that maybe sexuality and and the LGBT community is better portrayed in in TV rather than in film sometimes? Uh, I think so because you've got the time to uh, explore a relationship as a normal mm. relationship as opposed to being pigeonholed into telling a particular story. Mm-hmm. Um I, yeah, and I think things are changing and getting better as well because I think about the the films that I watched in my youth, like In In and Out, for example, with mm. with um Kevin Klein in it. Yeah, just played for jokes again. Mm. Um, his sexuality and how he was listening to tapes about how to walk more masculine and not to dance and you know to try to quell those gay urges that he had, and I just think. Thank God things have gotten better and representation has got better. Still got, you know, far to go, but we're definitely in a better place than we were. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. What was the – there was a Russell T Davies series. Um, he did two, didn't he? He did Cucumber and Banana. Yes. They were, they were quite good. Mm. Yeah, it was, uh, and it was good because the two series, like, were interconnected because mm. um, there was a – Cucumber Banana and there was another one as well, which was like a behind the scenes. So, oh, okay. um, but yeah, about, you know, relationships and, and things like that uh, mm. was, yeah, very, very good uh, TV show. Mm, good content. Mm. Well, I've got a massive list in front of me, so we won't go through them all. I think <laughs> what we'll do is open it up to our community and please let us know on our Facebook page what your favourites are. I did put a little thing on there recently. Um, it may be a couple of weeks old, depending on when we release this, but let us know what your favourites were, what you're not so good one, some things that haven't aged well. Um, yeah, I'd love to know other people's opinions. Mm, so Definitely. Yeah. All right, so we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. 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 This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.